Um, as you all know, we are in the midst of a sermon series entitled Her Story, The Witness of Women in the Bible. And over the last uh, weeks, we've been looking at uh, different uh, female um, leaders in Scripture and what they teach us about the life of faith uh, and about, about God. And um, we've had the privilege of having several guest uh, preachers, um, uh, women, to share uh, so that we can hear about women uh, in women's voices. Um, I've preached one and I'll preach a, another one, but I thought it would be, it's important for us to uh, to hear about the witness of women through the witness of a woman um, preaching because we believe God uh, calls uh, uh, and empowers women uh, for the work of ministry as United Methodists. And so this morning, I am so glad uh, to have Laura Fine Ledford uh, to, to preach to us this morning. Uh, Laura is the pastor for leadership development at Apex United Methodist Family of Churches. She also serves on the Conference Board of Ordained Ministry uh, as the chair and on the Conflict Transformation Team. Uh, she's a wife and mom to, to two boys, so she gets, she gets our family. Uh, Laura, we're so glad that you are, are here today. Thank you so much for what you will share with us. Good morning. You're far back, but you're not that far back. I'll just wait till you make some contact with me. <laughs> How is the sound? Is that okay where I'm standing? Great, thank you. I invite you to hear this word of life that comes to us today from the book of Acts in the 18th chapter. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they worked together. By trade, they were tent makers. Every Sabbath, he would argue in the synagogue and would try to convince Jews and Greeks. And after staying there for a considerable time, Paul said farewell to the believers and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. At Sincairi, he had his hair cut, for he was under a vow. And when they reached Ephesus, he left them there, Priscilla and Aquila. But first he himself went into the synagogue and had a discussion with the Jews. When they asked him to stay longer, he declined, but on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills, and then he set sail from Ephesus. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, find us anew this day through your word, and through our gathered communion here. We pray that we might even go out into the world as changed people because of what you might do among us this day. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. I know that um, within the pandemic, people have said things like, uh, you've got so much time on your hand, you really ought to take up uh, bread making or getting yourself in shape or learning um, 
how to sew. Uh, in our family, we didn't do any of those things. Um, we watched a lot of TV. I guess we're the only ones. What, um, what were the shows that you binged over the past 15 months? The ones you're willing to say out loud in a parking lot. Mandalorian. Tiger Kings, yep. What was that? Outer Banks. Gosh, nobody else watched TV. Good for you. Good for you. I look forward afterwards. You tell me after the service what you actually did over the past 15 months. I'm excited to hear that. I will say that one of my, one of my comfort shows during the pandemic is House Hunters. Anybody? House Hunters? My family is rolling their eyes. They don't love it as much as I do. Strange. If you've never watched House Hunters, the, the title is pretty self-explanatory. Um, there's some people and they go into three houses and they look at them and then they decide one to buy. I love it. <laughs> and I guess there was more time to analyze our TV shows over the past year because I started to notice this refrain every time I watched. The people who were featured, it, it didn't matter who they were or the town in which they were looking for a house, they all seemed to say the same thing. They would walk inside and they would say, this open concept is perfect for hosting. We love to host. <laughs> I mean, look at that backyard. We can we can have our whole family over here. We can host our whole family. Or they would, they would look at the kitchen and they would say, all of our friends will fit in here when we host them. And it's not, just, it's not just on house hunters that we hear this sentiment. We seem to hear it a lot in the world, especially before social distancing forced us into hibernation. I love to host. We love to have people into our home. And what we are saying essentially is we want to be hospitable people. We like to take care of other people. We like to feed them and make them feel special and laugh with them and share stories and welcome them. It's, it's a beautiful thing, this offering hospitality, this making space for other people. And hospitable is the word that would most often come up if someone were to ask about Priscilla and Aquila who we just heard about in our reading from Acts. They're a married couple that you never hear about one without hearing about the other. And they're only mentioned four times in scripture and, and always kind of in passing as though the followers of Jesus during those days would have known exactly who we were talking about. Priscilla and Aquila are known for their hospitality, for creating space for Paul when he came to Corinth. They welcomed him. They gave him a place to stay for over a year. They fed him. They shared stories with him. They laughed with him. They likely cried with him. They hosted Paul, not only in his body, but also in his ministry. They made space for Paul so that Paul could make space 
for other people to encounter the love of God in Corinth. They were hospitable. It was a beautiful thing. But I wonder, I wonder if the more beautiful thing, or maybe the thing that Priscilla and Aquila don't get as much credit for, is that they asked other people to make space for them. Priscilla and Aquila believed so deeply in the good news of Jesus and in the work of their friend Paul that they joined him on a boat and they set sail for Ephesus to a new place far across the Mediterranean Sea, hoping that they might be received there, hoping that hospitality would be extended to them. One of the things I've noticed when I watch House Hunters, and I know I keep coming back to this, I'm telling you, I've had so much time to think about this. When I hear people talk about wanting to be a good host, wanting to extend hospitality, is that we really like to do so on our own turf. In our kitchens, in our dining rooms, in our backyards, inside of our churches. What we don't often hear people say is, gosh, I, I love to be a stranger. I, I love going to other people's houses, into other people's spaces. I sure do um, like to eat their food and sleep in their guest room. No, we, we like our own space. We like our own kind of food, our own kind of cooking. We like to know where the silverware is located. We like knowing that, that our brand of milk is always going to be in the fridge. We like knowing that if our kid breaks a vase, it's okay because it's our vase. When we step into somebody else's space, we have to rely on their kindness. We have to make ourselves flexible. We eat foods that we might not like. We have to worry about using our best manners and, and not leaving our hair in the shower or putting the pillows back on the guest bed the same way that we found them. We have, to, we have to write a thank you note when we get home. Being a guest puts us out of our element. Receiving hospitality can be hard work. And it's not, just, it's not just about being a guest in somebody else's house that can make us feel uncomfortable. It's that overall sense of being a stranger in a strange land. When I was nine, my family moved from Asheboro, North Carolina to Shaftesbury, Vermont, which is a teeny, teeny town up there in New England, and everything seemed foreign. I moved up there being accustomed to sweet tea and fried okra, and they ate fluffernutter sandwiches, and they put gravy on their fries. Little girls did not wear hair bows, and I had a hair bow that went with every single outfit I owned. People said things like, wicked cool, and nobody said y'all. In North Carolina, we had never even owned snow boots. And when we got to Vermont, it was the kind of cold that froze the goo inside of your eyeballs. It seemed like everybody was related to everybody. It seemed like everybody had gone to school together since they were born. My sister and I wondered if we'd ever get invited for a play date. We wondered if everybody thought that we were weird. 
being a stranger in a strange land, hoping upon hope that you'll receive hospitality is a vulnerable place to be. And I'm guessing that you all maybe have experienced that the triangle is a transient place. You perhaps know what it's like to make this place your home where the food tastes different and the accents are hard to decipher, when you don't know where the grocery store is and you wonder if you'll make friends, when you wonder if your kids will make friends. Many of you here today have been a stranger in a strange land, wondering if you'll receive hospitality and feeling that vulnerable sense of being out of control of your space and your place and your relationships. And I have to say, most of us who have experienced those times, we're just so glad when they're over. We're so glad when they're over, in fact, that we do everything we can to avoid ever feeling that way again. We do everything we can to avoid feeling like a stranger, to avoid feeling vulnerable, to avoid that feeling that you're hoping a community and a people will receive you. And we find that being the ultimate host becomes our goal. The one who always welcomes, the one who never has to be in that position again. We want to be Priscilla and Aquila in Corinth offering hospitality, not Priscilla and Aquila in Ephesus getting off the boat wondering if hospitality will find us. Except... Priscilla and Aquila seem to know something that Jesus made pretty clear. Being the stranger, receiving hospitality, pulling up a seat in somebody else's space, those things are good news to us. In that story where he called the 70 disciples and then sent them out to the world in pairs, Jesus said, leave everything you own and go to places you don't know where you don't even speak the same language, perhaps. Go to those places and those people and offer them peace. And if they don't toss you out, stay a while. You don't have to bring your best casserole and your best dish you don't have to bring a fancy bottle of wine. You just have to show up. You have to show up and eat the food and be a blessing in their space and let them know that apparently this is what the kingdom of God looks like. The kingdom of God looks like the Pentecost story that was read at the beginning of the service. A whole bunch of people who are trying to understand one another, trying to, to learn one another, coming together, shaky and awkward and vulnerable and making space. Practicing hospitality by receiving and being received. Now, for those of us wanting to avoid being the stranger, those of us who have been an outsider looking in, hoping to find hospitality, this story from Jesus, this, this Pentecost story, this story of Priscilla and Aquila, they can give us heart palpitations. We like being on our own turf. We like the comfort of being with our people who talk our talk around tables that we know with tangible things to offer. We want to be... Priscilla and Aquila and Corinth. But if you want in on the kingdom, you may just need to be Priscilla and Aquila and Ephesus. A good friend of mine moved to North Carolina to start seminary in 2005 and 
she's a Lutheran. And so on that first Sunday, she looked for the closest Lutheran church and she showed up and she sat down in the pew. And a woman in front of her turned around and she said, hi, I'm Meg. I don't know you, but I'd really like to. Would you come over for dinner today to eat with me and my daughter? I think the only thing we have in the house are cucumbers and bread, but that doesn't matter. Now, most people would have said, uh, <laughs> thank you, Meg. That's a really nice offer, but I have a lot of plans. I just have so many of them. I can't even, I can't even get into it right now with you, Meg, how many things I have to do. But my friend Danielle, she said yes. And she went to Meg's house and they ate cucumber sandwiches. And she made her first friend in North Carolina. And she still remembers that story. What it was like to be welcomed and received to say yes to somebody else's hospitality, even though she brought nothing to that meal but herself. It was shaky and awkward and vulnerable. It was like the kingdom of God. I wonder what it might look for you to step onto somebody else's turf, for you to leave Corinth and venture into Ephesus, for you to be the one who receives hospitality from another person. I'm not suggesting that you set sail for Ephesus or that you invite yourself over for dinner to somebody else's house, but that, that may be what God is calling you to do. Maybe to sit down with a stranger at Panera and ask if you can eat with them. Maybe join in a soccer game at a neighborhood park. Maybe it just means saying yes if someone invites you into their space. Who knows what might happen? I'm guessing it will be shaky and awkward and vulnerable. But it may just be the beautiful kingdom of God breaking forth. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.